Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elgin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Kate, I'll be playing Soul Red Boothammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob. I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. And I'm Adam DeWeese. I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all finally have been reunited. And what is more, you actually managed to get back in the ship and escape from the moon. And now you are in the outer atmosphere. However, as you were trying to escape, at least one Githyanki ship began to uh, follow you all. You managed to outrun some of the others that showed up on the radar, but... You were not fast enough to escape all of them, and you actually got into a quick battle with one of them. You were all damaging it uh, pretty severely. It didn't really do that much damage to you, but it did seem like it was able to keep up with you for quite a while. And then suddenly on the radar, another ship was approaching, and it actually was the Eclipse um, with the Gary One. And the Eclipse came flying out of basically nowhere, launched an attack, and blew up that gith ship that you were all fighting now a couple minutes has passed and it does not seem like there are any more targets on your radar that are nearby and you are in this smaller ship but the eclipse is is nearby and gary is starting to bring the ship over to you all and um dock so that you can transfer over back to the other ships you're not cramped in this small ship is there anything you wanted to do before you all separated? And also, who is riding where? Is Soul Red going to stay on the other ship? Both of you, you can assume, are going back to Torel to debrief and to take a well-needed break and to also try to find out what the hell is going on here because the Gith Yankee are supposed to be your allies. Yeah, I think uh, Soul Red... I feel like she'd want to stay on her own ship, but I think it'll be really hard to separate her from Apricot at this point. <laughs> yes, Apricot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. So if Apricot gets us one new recruit. Yeah, so uh so we'll probably go with the, the crew on on the not cool ship. <laughs> and then is Whiskey also going on the eclipse? The eclipse is much larger. It has multiple rooms. It's not just a single room ship. Yeah, I think she'll be more comfortable on a bigger ship. Doesn't matter that she's little. She likes she likes her space. So Rug's also curious as to what kind of beans you all have on your ship. So <laughs> It was a very bean-heavy episode last time. <laughs> and it actually works out that the two of you are helping them to pilot this larger ship because they are down to crew members. And even though, you know, two people or three people could navigate this ship with the Gary if they were to get into some sort of firefight they would be extremely disadvantaged whereas the other ship can do pretty well with two people so you were all able to transfer over to the Gary pretty easily and you are now on the Eclipse and when you come aboard Gary greets you all welcome back what is your desired destination Torrell Gary you wish to travel to Torrell Mm -hmm. yes setting course for Torrell And uh, as that happens, the ship will turn on some of its engines and it'll start slowly moving before it um, begins to go up to speed and moving in that direction. You all know that this trip to Terrell is going to probably take, oh, about two or three days to get there. Um, But that is still pretty impressive compared to even the ship speeds, you know, not even 20 years ago. It's, It's a fraction of the time it used to take. I think the first reaction that Solarite is going to have, she's going to look over at Dr. Shepard and be like, what? What was that? Was that? Is that your Gary? <laughs> I am Gary, and I respond to everyone. Yeah, no matter what, 
She's like looking around. (laughs) Which is interesting because the Gary 2 only responded to Captain Burke. Yeah, that's our Gary. He's very charismatic. Is there anything that Gary can do for you, Soul Red? (laughs) She like like, is taken (laughs) aback that it knows her name. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say telepathically, I I have no idea how he knew your name. The Gary is very perceptive. Uh, well, I mean... I, I, I guess you can just call me Red. <laughs> she like is looking around, not sure if like she have to, like speak into something. <laughs> She's never commanded the ship before. <laughs> and this ship, um, Soul Red, you have been on, you know, more ships than just that last ship. But this is a pretty impressive science vehicle. It has a much larger cockpit. It has a dedicated engine room that is about the size of the ship you're used to being in. It has dedicated bunks and rooms where you all can sleep. There is a separate bay where it is a detachable room where they can um, do different experiments and and able to separate the ship if they needed to. It does not move nearly as quickly. This thing has multiple guns, a large zap cannon. It also has an extremely large claw arm that can be used to grab you know very heavy things and bring them with or do mining work. This ship is a, a pretty big upgrade from the one that you were all driving. But the one that you were all driving kind of belonged to it belonged to the Harpers, and it was made to be kind of a stealth um ship as you were all on the secret mission. So it, it makes sense that this one, which really isn't designed to be stealthy, is a, a lot more equipped. We only got to play with it once, but it was a lot of fun when we did. I think just through this journey, Soul Red is probably just checking out how things run and like if there is like a manual on this ship, like learning the ins and outs of it as that was kind of like what she did in the last one. So she wants to definitely be useful in case something happens. Yeah. If there's a manual, I want to read over your shoulder. We have two manuals, Whiskey. Well, that's excellent then. Yeah, I think you could probably access like some digital archives on the ship that'll tell you exactly how different systems work and how, um, you know, different, I mean, really you can actually see the different levels of like how the, how the engine's doing, the power's doing and the shield and the weapons and the ammo. And it's all kind of displayed there, but you can definitely access some sort of informational archive. So while you're all traveling, you do make it the two to three days without any interruptions. You don't encounter any other ships in the vastness of space. Um, you manage to stay relatively close and certainly within communication of Captain Burke and Erky Timbers. And before, you know, too long, in a couple days, you you end up approaching the atmosphere of Torrell. Just outside of Torrell, which is, for any listeners that might not know, the planet where everything in the Forgotten Realms exists, the actual base for the Lord's Armada is actually on Saloon, the moon that orbits. And essentially, that's how they revolutionized space travel. They were able to build these teleportation panels where you as passengers could teleport from the ground in Torrell directly to the moon base and then just simply take the ships from there. And you don't have to worry about exiting or entering the atmosphere. And of course, because you are all of you except for Whiskey are members of the Lord's Alliance. You um, dock this large ship, the Eclipse, right there at the Lord's uh, Armada slash Lord's Alliance moon base. Is there anything else you'd like to do in the ship before exiting? You do know this is like your assigned ship, so you could always come back the next time you're on the moon base. But it doesn't like belong to you. It belongs to the Lord's Armada. So we don't need to have like a heartfelt goodbye. (laughs) So as you start to get close, you'll hear the Gary, um, as you've been hearing him for the past few days. Now approaching Saloon, the Gary is preparing to land. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. And you actually, this is like one of the roughest parts of the journeys whenever it tries to stop. And that's because you feel the thrusters having to push against the momentum of the direction you were all just moving. And it rumbles for just a few minutes and then it'll go silent and you've for the first time in a couple days feel yourself not floating but on solid ground and you have all landed in the hangar at the lord's armada base Um, looking through the display screen you'll see 
Um, it's a pretty routine thing. There would be a, at least a dozen or two armed soldiers that are kind of just standing there. They're not necessarily treating you all with suspicion, but they are, you know, ensuring that it is the people that it's supposed to be. And you also notice that Captain Burke and Erky Timber's ship comes landing not too long after. So we beat him. <laughs> you beat him. I'm going to say telepathically to, to Solred. See, so you picked the right ship. Ours is faster. It's got a claw on it. Uh, I, I didn't know it was a race, but we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all able to exit the ship, and the soldiers that are there seem pretty satisfied upon seeing you all. And then they walk as if they're going to come talk to you all, but then they see Captain Burke, and they actually run over to him, like, cheering, and like, hey, Captain Burke's back! And, like, they all seem... Uh, like like he's a really celebrated uh, member of the Lord's Armada. And Soul Red, you would know that he is kind of like a, a celebrity. Like people really like him. He's kind of like that big popular type, but he's also kind of an asshole sometimes. After the crowd kind of disperses and you were all going to make your way deeper into the Lord's Armada base, you were actually approached by Captain Burke. And he has to kind of pull you all aside so that all these people crowding around him aren't really listening to what he has to say. And he's like, hey, I figured uh, we better talk just in case there's some time that passes before we get to see each other again. You know, when we go in here, they're probably going to ask us all sorts of questions. And between me and all of you, I don't know if, well, I don't know exactly who we can trust. I don't trust nobody. Oh. Oh, yeah, whiskey. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do with you. You're not a soldier, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not a soldier. I'm a scientist. Sort of. Then you won't have to debrief to anybody but the rest of you. I'm just saying maybe we should be careful with what they what we tell them. Like? Well, not everybody knows the purpose of my mission in the first place. Soul Red, Erky, and I kind of sent on a... Well, it's top secret. And that's because some of the higher-ups are quite certain if they can trust all the other higher-ups. Like I said, these Githyanki are supposed to be our allies. And that was not ally behavior. But I already kind of knew that. I mean, that's why we went out there to investigate in the first place. There's something fishy going on. So I think maybe you all keep your mouth shut, go enjoy a nice vacation down on the land, maybe visit some bars in Waterdeep for me, and I'll go ahead and do all the talking. I'm gonna look at Solred. Would, would Solred know whether this is, like, normal behavior for Captain Burke? Yeah, well, you do know that when you were all sent on your original mission, it's because it, it was top secret from some of the admirals within the Lord's Armada because they really were worried that there is, like, someone infiltrating the ranks that they can't trust. And there are Githyanki that, though they're not part of Lord's Armada, they're, they're supposed to be your allies. So, I mean, you feel like you can, like, trust him. He's, he's really just kind of doesn't want someone to overshare something and then the wrong people like take you all out or something for knowing too much. Um, one thing you know, at least those of you that were imprisoned, those Githyanki did not plan on you ever getting out of there. And the fact that you're gone now is probably a problem. You made it very clear you're part of the Lord's Armada and they didn't seem to care at all. And they knew Captain Burke was part of the Lord's Armada too. So that group certainly wasn't keeping their end of the alliance deal. Um, you also know, the rest of you, that there was something fishy going on on Amaron, and the Githyanki were doing something in that underground temple there as well. And you were all just going there to do research, so... Captain, what exactly is it that you don't want us to say? I just don't know if we should tell them where we've been the past couple weeks. I mean, we say it to the wrong person, maybe we don't wake up the next day, I don't know. There's something going on. Those are supposed to be our friends. And the uppers, they tell us we can trust them, 100%. And I can tell you right now, no, we cannot. As you all know, they were going to let us rot in there. Where are you going to say we were? I'll tell them that the mission was taking longer than we expected. And we ran into a couple issues, but I don't think I'm going to share any more details than I have to. I mean, what about you? You said you were on some other mission, were you not? They didn't send you to go investigate them like that, like us. You just ran into trouble. 
Yeah, I don't know how to explain us being gone. Look, you don't worry about a thing. I outrank all of y'all by quite a bit. I'll make sure that all of you are going to find yourselves in a comfy bed tomorrow. I bet they'd believe that their Gary malfunctioned. You know what? That's a good point, Soul Red. Mm, Why don't you stick with them for a little believable. bit and make sure they don't say anything stupid? No offense. <laughs> of course. I'm just trying to keep us all alive. Well, uh, uh, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I gotta go for something that's not beans. Brains, yes, let's go. He turns as if to walk away, and then he goes, Oh, I almost forgot. Whiskey. Yeah. I'm officially promoting you to Ensign. Welcome to the Lord's Armada. Don't let us down. And then with no explanation, he just turns around and walks away. Hey, congrats. Would I know what that rank is? What's an Ensign? It's like the lowest possible rank in... Uh, military. It's like, uh, it's almost like you're training to be, but you still have clearance of like the lowest, lowest type. I'll, I'll turn to Soul Red and say, is, is that a good thing? Do I want to be an ensign? Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, Soul Red's a soldier in the Armada, so like, I mean, you know, working up the ranks, that's great. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. All right. As long as you say it's good, I'll, I'll go with it, I guess. So yeah, he, he just literally walks away, leaving you all standing in this shuttle bay. Um, what did you all want to do? I think Soul Red, like, Soul Red will put, like, her arm around Whiskey and, like, hold her, her maul aloft and be like, Ah, friends in arms, this will be a great adventure. <laughs> I'll, I'll write, do I have to wear a uniform or, or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, the combat suits are pretty nice. Plus, then you don't have to think about there what you, you want to wear in the morning. But I like my clothes. They're great for playing in the dirt and stuff. You just put them on over it. Oh. Well, all right. I think that's allowed. I think that while this uh, fashion discussion is happening, I'm going to pull aside info and be like, I don't think there's any way, regardless of whether we tell the truth or lie, that we come out of this looking great what i'm concerned about is okay so we wake up tomorrow and we get to live and we get to continue working for the lord's armada who doesn't give a shit about our safety and would let us rot in prison i mean what do we do info's gonna like kind of bend over a little bit and put both hands on her shoulders and look her right in the eyes and just say we're gonna lie our asses off because we are so screwed, no matter what. And then he's just got to stand up and start walking. I appreciate your honesty, my friend. We got Rodney back, right? Or a different Rodney? Mr. Rodney is kind of trotting along behind us. He doesn't have treads because Info didn't have those on the bean ship. So they're just kind of like <laughs> tinkle, tink, 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 little feet going along behind me. I mean, you would have had time on, on the Eclipse, though, while we came back if you wanted to modify him. I only had one set of good treads. <laughs> They were Nike. We'll have to buy some, we'll to buy some on uh, now that we're done. <laughs> They're Jordans. <laughs> yeah, if we go to like a Payless or a Nike store or something, I can get some Nike treads. Eclipse not yet They're sponsored by. <laughs> Just do it. So is there anything you want to do while you're in the moon base? Or do you want to go down to the surface? Um, you know that the teleporter here, they, there's not like anyone can just teleport to the moon base. There's only one really way to teleport up here and it's from like within the military base that's in the castle ward in Waterdeep. it's like the head of the lord's alliance is the only teleporter that can go back and forth so it's not just like anyone can just go teleport to this moon base whenever they want so if you do decide to go down to the land right now then you would be teleporting to Waterdeep. Is the place where this, like, debriefing is happening, is that the moon base and, like, the Lord's Armada is here, or is everybody down on land? Um, I mean, most of them are up here. There's definitely commanders and, and a lot of the soldiers and things up here. You would probably need to do some sort of debriefing before going down to the surface. I'm very curious about what Captain Burke is going to say, and I don't know if there's a way for us to, like eavesdrop or be around or something. Well, Captain Burke would probably debrief all the details to the person that sent Captain Burke and Soul Red on the mission originally, because that was kind of like their secret mission. I think what they're worried about is you telling all the details to someone else, and then that person just happening to be one of the people they can't trust. Okay. 
So, like, I guess the person Soul Red would be debriefing to would be the same as Captain Burke, whereas all of you would be debriefing to whichever general had given you the original mission to go and explore Amaron and try to get all those artifacts out of the uh, ruins. Is there any cool stuff up here? Like any, you know, tourist traps or anything to show whiskey? Because um, I think this Ooh, might yeah, be whiskey's like that first time uh, being up on the moon base. So like a big ball of yarn or something? <laughs> big, I was going to say like, <laughs> like a big old like wheel of cheese or something. <laughs> I feel like there's probably like a, like a location here that's got like really like kitschy stuff and like has some Bumper sort of stickers. like food and drink delicacy kind of thing that you can only get when you're on the moon and so goes there. Dice. she can't not come to the moon and not stop there it's like it's it's tradition i just wanted to show whiskey around before we head back uh landside i mean they definitely have i mean like it's a, a sizable complex you know imagine like a like a big space station like they have a place where there's food and drinks they have places where a lot of soldiers sleep. There's offices. There's actual bunkers. Like, it's a defense point as well. There are multiple shuttle bays. There's, you know, hundreds of ships that are kept up here and thousands of soldiers. There's not really, like, tourist stuff because if you're a tourist, you're not really supposed to come up here. Um, but, I mean, there is, like, a big room with that's essentially a glass dome where you can see out into space, which is kind of cool. And then there, you know, like you said... At the place where they serve some food, they do got some pretty good stuff up in there. Um, I don't know that's anything that is like really exotic. I think it's more like things to remind the people stationed here of home. So it's a lot of food you can get in Waterdeep without having to travel back and forth. Because even though it is instant, it, it does require a lot of energy, and in the end, does cost them money to to go back and forth. So it's not like they're just letting people like wake up and go to work and teleport to the moon and go back home at the end of the day. It's like people are stationed up here. Yeah, I think as long as we show whiskey, like the the dome and the uh, the gift shop, I think would that'd be good enough for us to hit back planet. Sorry. I mean, I do want a shirt that says I, I came and saw the moon and only got this stupid t-shirt. <laughs> That's well, actually your uniform. Yeah, we'll all get those. <laughs> oh, well, that works out real well. <laughs> That's our new uniform. We're all. I'm just going exclu- to exclusively wear that. Merch on the <laughs> merch store. Came to the moon base. All I got was this dang shirt. Yeah, under your Lords of Lords Armada armor, it's like you also have a T-shirt, and that's what it says on it. And then it says Lords Armada. It's way better than those Navy T-shirts. So yeah, if you if you leave the hangar, you'll see that a whole bunch of these workers immediately start tending to the Eclipse and repairing it, checking it out, and going through it and everything. Um, refueling it, making repairs. And you were all able to walk through this complex towards the teleporter area. Um, as you get there, there is multiple checkpoints where you have to, you know, they check your identity and check your badge and make sure that they know who you are. They all seem pretty satisfied. And just as you were all getting to the room where you can register to go teleport, you are approached by a General McAllister. And General McAllister is the one who you don't know him really well or anything. He's just the person that kind of like, you know, signed off when you were all leaving and communicated to you the expectations of your mission. And when you come up and they've, I guess, they pinged the system that you're all here from going through all these checkpoints, he is waiting for you all. Oh, back so soon? I expected more artifacts. Mm, I'm going to say telepathically to the other fort. Lie. Someone lie. Someone <laughs> someone get it. Uh, there was there was a there was a sentient artifact uh, named Tucker and he destroyed himself trying to kill us. And that was pretty much everything there was at that place with the things that tried to eat my face because they like metal. Did I mention there were giant monsters that wanted to eat metal? That was terrible. Mm. Uh, you guys should really scout ahead because that was an unsafe work environment for me <laughs> and I really think that that's like a violation of something, some codes or something. OSHA. That is why we sended you. 
you were scouting the area, researching, before we send any soldiers or anything. Space is weird, man. You should send soldiers first. Yeah, soldier scout, and then the scientist. We're, we're soft. The spirit is well, willing, not... but the flesh is weak. I was going to... Info's so, not soft. I'm hard. So you were saying the location is... So you were saying that the location is hazardous. Yeah, very. Mm, very. Especially if you're metal. What sort of sentient being was this? Do you have any more details? It was like a brain in a, a sock or something, right? It was like in a, a, a ball. We were not able to get eyes on it. A brain in a sock? And he'll, he'll pull up this little device on his wrist and he presses it and he's like, A brain in a sock? All right, go <laughs> it's <a> on. Pokedex. <laughs> Alien Pokedex. Out of character, I forget what the rust monsters actually look like. You showed us pictures of them, and I cannot remember what they. Yeah, they're like goldy, gold, bronzish, uh, giant insectoids. Okay, that's like what I thought. Really I was picturing. Long I was picturing spider things, and I didn't. Okay. No, that's a neogi. I'm picturing like the weird insect guy from Brack, like the Brack show. Zorak. Uh, while we're talking to this guy, Info's gonna lean forward behind him a little bit and try and look at the back of his neck. He's just a normal human. He doesn't seem like he has anything coming out the back of his neck. So just kind of, kind of like, <sighs> okay, and lean back with the others. He seems like the same guy that you all talked to before you left. And he's like holding his arm up as if he's recording now. And you said some sort of, what was it again? A living artifact? Info's going to lean into the guy's wrist and go, yes, a living artifact. A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T. And it was a ball, we think. It it was disembodied, and there was a temple, and there was a giant monster. I'm pretty sure it killed Ava like seven times, but she got better, and that was pretty much the gist of it, and then we left. Yes, yes, very well, very well. All right, Amaron, hazardous, very good, and... Do a quick head count real quick. Seems like all of you are here. Wait a minute. <laughs> and he's looking at his wrist. It seems like your numbers are the same, but... You do not seem to match the images whatsoever. Now I see how you got promoted so high. Kanan? Is Kanan not here? And, and Lita? They wanted to... Move... They're dead. There dead. Yeah, they're the giant dead. monster ate them. What do you mean they're monster dead? Monster ate them. They moved there, and then a monster ate them. Oh my god, when did that? When did this happen? What was the date? What was the time? We need to notify their families. Five. What is time, really? It was like an hour after we got there. Four. Time doesn't matter. We were really broken up. Sorry to hear that. But we got new friends. Yep. This is Whiskey. I'm not sure I've seen you here before. Well, you know, I blend in real well. He's, like, scanning you. Ensign Whiskey, question mark. Do you have a surname? Uh, I do. It's like you've already been put in a system as just Ensign Whiskey. All right, that works. I mean, do you need it? Is it important? It is. It is pretty important to have all of our soldiers documented. Well, fine. My my full name is Wissana Raven Moon. But call me Whiskey. Very well. Wissana Raven Moon. He's, like, just enunciating into his wrist. Even though it's recording the whole conversation anyways. I feel like up to this point, Solren has been like looking around to see if anybody else has been like listening to this conversation. But then like when Whiskey gives like her full name, she kinda like looks at her like I like Whiskey too. I think that's a good name. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? This is Soul Red. Yes, I'm I'm aware of Soul Red here. I was gonna say, would I know would I know him? I mean you've seen him before. I don't know if you know him personally because there are so many soldiers, but You've been through this process before. Every time you have to go in and out this gate, there's people that... There's, like, multiple turnstiles where they're kind of doing brief interviews. Say, very well. Well, I'm I'm sorry at the loss of, of your crew member. We will, we will be... We'll have to address some follow-up questions in the future to get some more details, but it looks like you've all been through a lot, and I really am sorry to hear of the loss of your friends. Um, well, well, we'll be in contact soon. Here, how about... 
How about all of you can go ahead and enjoy a nice break, go down to the surface for a little bit, take a few days off, and we'll let you know uh, when your next mission is prepared. We got a, a couple, more than a couple distress calls over the last few days. Not certain that your scientific expertise is what we need. Then he looks at Soul Red. But your crew might be calling you back in. I heard Captain Burke's back in town. Yeah, I think he's out debriefing currently to, to our general. Wonderful. Well, you'll be hearing from someone as well then, too, I'm sure. Uh, we've been eager for some of the more able-bodied crews to return. Um. Oh, yes? You are? And he's scanning you. Info O Scott. Yes, Info O Scott. Uh, I hate getting scanned. It makes me tingly. Um, did you get Kanan's, uh, updated will and testament? Because he added me as his sole benefactor. I have his yo-yo to prove it. And a lunchbox. Yeah, we have the lunchbox, too. We He, he wanted me to have his stuff. Just just making sure that that got updated in the system. It may have not. It may have gotten lost due to uh, subspace interference. Email. Yeah. Mm. Deflected through time or something. I'm not really sure. I don't have access to that information. We will need to contact the personnel resources department to get all of that figured out. Yeah, it's going to be a PR nightmare. Sorry to hear that you lost, too. This is supposed to be just a peaceful mission. Good thing we sent you to do some research before sending an entire platoon there. And still, that's backwards. He's just going to look at Dr. Shepard and start shrugging and shaking his head. Are we done? You scientists are invaluable members of this military. You saved lives today. And he just walks away with a smile on his face as if he just rectified everything. That's an odd fella. Ava's like fuming. She's just like mm, clenching her yeah. teeth trying not to like scream at this man. He 100% doesn't know how this works. <laughs> this little door opens. It's kind of like just getting on like a Marta train or something. This door opens and you can walk forward and there's like multiple of these different people are being interviewed. And now you're in the main room where there is like these steps that go up and there's a line of people and this large device that is the teleporter. And as you're sitting there kind of waiting in this line, you'll see it flash and a dozen or so people vanish. And another group of people will walk up, and after a couple minutes, it'll flash again, and that dozen or so people will vanish. And eventually, it gets to your group. It's um, all of you plus a few other people that were waiting. Um, and it seems like they send, you know, 10 or 12 people at a time. And you step up on this teleporter, and you've done this a couple times. This isn't the first time you've done this. And it'll flash, and you will be teleported down to the surface of Torrell into the castle ward of Waterdeep. And right there, I think we'll go to our commercial break. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons lore? Do you like drunk history? Well, then Lore and Pour is the show for you where we combine the two, drunk Dungeons and Dragons lore. I'm Adam DeWeese and I'm the host and I bring on a cast of rotating guests and we hang up here for the show, have a few drinks, and then they are given their topic 30 minutes prior to pressing the record button where they study up on the topic. And then we hit record and whatever they say goes, they are treated as if they are the leading experts in the field. And I ask the questions that you never thought you needed to ask, such as how do mind players go to the bathroom? Yeah, they just go one one time and it's pee and poop and it's green. What's the most dangerous creature in the astral plane? It just pinch it. You yeah. Know, just... And that whale is like, you know They what? got pinchers? Oh, <laughs> you do they know have pinchers? Who would win in a fight, a Tarask or a bear? A Tarask. Two bears. A Tarask. The Hawk. The Hulk? The Hawk from the Avengers. A Tarask. Two Hawks. Probably still the Tarask. And what is the currency like in the Nine Hills? And it didn't seem worth it to me. I was running low on uh, Satan relics. <laughs> Finger bones. That's right, yes, finger bones. I had a jawbone, but who wants to break a jawbone for a pair of skis? I mean, really. Find the answers to all these questions and much, much more, whether they're accurate or not, on Lauren Poor. You can find Lauren Poor on the Majesticus Network and wherever you download your podcast every other Monday right now. You find yourself in the midst of an endless frozen field. This would be difficult terrain for all but the most elite warriors, but you're no stranger to this punishing climate. 
You stand alone with nothing but your trusted silver blades and your most resplendent custom-made armor. This is it, the final encounter in a quest for gold that's brought you all over the world. You've been training your whole life for this, and you're ready. If this sounds exciting, have we got great news for you about competitive figure skating. Join us at the Ice Tea Podcast, the podcast where we spill the tea on figure skating. Whether you're a diehard fan or you just saw Yuri on Ice once and you thought it looked kind of cool, we're here to recap major events, interview your favorite skaters, break down the drama, and do the incredibly important sports journalism of rating the quality of plushies thrown out onto the ice. We may not be technical specialists, but we are comedians with a lot to say. Check us out at bit.ly slash Podcast or by searching the Ice Tea Podcast wherever you get your pods. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So after just a few seconds, you all rematerialize on the surface world. You are standing in a room that looks similar to the one that you were just in, um, but it's noticeably warmer, more humid. And you can tell that beyond the platform you're standing on, that it begins to look slightly less uh, technological and more of the beautiful, like, tall walls and and arches and buttresses of the Waterdeep Castle, uh, the Lord's Castle. And, um, yeah, you just see a whole bunch of mainly soldiers just jauntily talking and laughing and, and making their way into the town. During this time that you have a few days off, how do you think you would all like to spend your time? Uh, Waterdeep has basically anything you can think of. It has the most most popular bar in the whole world, the Yawning Portal Inn. It has many shops to sell magical items. It has uh, shops and, and, like you said, lots of exotic food that you might be looking for, uh, people you could speak with, places you can go see. And then at this point... You would all, you could tell me what, uh, like magic items and stuff you might have bought. Um, I will say that you all have money transferred to your account for returning after a successful mission. Um, I would think that you all got at least a thousand gold each after completing the, like a couple of weeks of work out in space and almost dying and losing two of your crew members. But on top of that, I think just with the existing money, you definitely have enough to you know, buy some magic items or anything. And just for the listeners, um, I think you can each have access to one uncommon magic item and one common item, and then you can use the rest of your money to spend however you see fit. So you don't have to worry about subtracting those from your, uh, from that thousand gold. So I, I know I can go ahead and say the items I pick. I went with the um, hat of disguise because I realized that that really screwed over Shepard in like episode four or five, whenever it was when the gift came and I had to hide from him. Uh, so what that does is once a day I can cast disguise self and alter my appearance. I can even look like a different race. I just have to be like within a foot of my height and have like the same amount of limbs. Um, I'm going to say that looks like a top hat but I usually squish it down. I don't always wear it. So Shepard's not just always in a top hat. Um, it's just something I carry around if I need to disguise myself. And then secondly, I picked the clockwork amulet. Uh, so this will be uh, an amulet that once a day I can, instead of rolling a D20, I can just get a 10. Um, and that's usually because I roll very, very poorly on this character. So I would like to be able to come in clutch. I do have to say that when you make an attack roll while wearing the amulet, you can, so I don't even get, I don't get to roll and then say, I'm going to use that. It's just me saying, I'm going to use my amulet. And, uh, thematically, I like to picture it like painted with like designed like phases of the moon. Um, but from a planet on the, Jeremy, what was that gate that uh, years ago, it was a gate between like two different 
planes, solar systems, universes, something, and it got destroyed and pretty much cut off from that other half of the population over there. Quite a while ago, like 20 years or something, they someone accidentally opened up a portal from the Faerun to Eberron, um, which was like in a mere, a mere universe version of Tyrell, and they had technology that was more advanced than all yours, and they actually used that technology when they did kind of like a information and cultural exchange um, to push the space technology to the point where it is now. That's actually where they got the technology to build these teleporters that can send people such a different, such a distance and safely, and uh, you know, with a de- decent amount of certainty. Um, so yeah, it was a gate between Faerun and Eberron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to find a way. Uh, back there, and I like to picture this amulet actually has like a uh, moonscape of uh, phases of the moon that doesn't quite match anything in this plane. It's something from over there. So you all spend your time shopping, I would assume, as part of what you're doing, and you got that. What did the rest of you buy? I know I said each of you can get a magic item. Uh, Soul Red, for her common item, she got a breathing bubble, which is basically like an air bubble that she can put on like a helmet. It lets her have breathable air for an hour. Um, so this is something that will help her with um, uh, repairing the ship if we're in the atmosphere um, so she can still breathe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see how that works out. Um, and then uh, she also got gauntlets of ogre power, um, which uh, increases her strength score to 19. Um, and uh, so she can hit harder with that mall. And I imagine that she tried to find ones that would kind of go with like the her she wears a lot of like reds and blacks and like dark steel colored stuff. So she would try and find ones that match the her ensemble. Anytime I think of the ogre hand things, I always picture like those um, Hulk hands that Iron Man has, you know, or just big Hulk hands like that kids can buy. I mean, aren't they? That's how I always picture them. <laughs> There's ones that you can get where they like have um, the. They're like meant to be like basically like beer koozies. Like you can put like a, a can yeah. inside of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what so I was thinking like my head cannon. <laughs> I was thinking Lionel's like claw glove from Thundercats, where it just like fits right over. <laughs> cool. What did uh, the rest of you get? I think rather than shopping per se, um, what Ava decides to do is, uh, so in in her monastic order, the Order of the Chrysalis, uh, it's tradition that the first time and then every subsequent time that you die and come back to life, you get a tattoo to commemorate the fact that you returned to your body. So uh, I think Ava maybe doesn't have enough money right now to get all those, but uh, is going to get a couple. So I'm going to do the... Um, for my uncommon, I'm doing the Eldritch Claw tattoo, which, uh, so first of all, the way that the magic tattoo text works for me personally, and this is totally your call, Jeremy, um, it's weird to me that you have to like carry the needle and like it, like and redo it. Like, is it what, what? I have done in games that I've DM'd and like, you can cut all this. I don't care. Um, is like just had it be like it's a regular tattoo and if you unattune with it it's just a tattoo and then if you attune with it it's magic but it just doesn't make sense to have to carry needles around to me like yeah I think that seems reasonable reasonable? okay so I think she's just getting yeah I didn't know that it's wicked weird it's like I I feel like that seems more reasonable than constantly removing your own tattoo yeah constantly having to tattoo yourself and oh hey by the way you have to learn how to be a tattoo artist now Ava well and it's like I'm gonna carry around like a tattoo gun everywhere like no (laughs) so yeah um, the way that I understand it is basically you just place like the needle on your skin and then it like like the ink just kind of like comes out and just places it. you don't like actually like have to tattoo it just have it to, re- have to take it's a six hour it, session i i agree like why not just make it a good toggle on and off <laughs> yeah i don't know flavor wise i would like it to be like actual tattoos um if that's okay yeah so for the uncommon one i'm doing the eldritch claw tattoo which uh basically empowers your unarmed strikes and makes them considered magical attacks and gives plus one to attack and damage and then as a bonus action you can do a cool eldritch claw thing that makes your 
uh, that basically gives you range on melee or unarmed uh, strikes. And I think that what that looks like is that Ava's going to get on um, the backs of both of her hands, just like really detailed, intricate black and white skeleton hands. And then oh hell yeah! for the common item, I'm going to do a spell rot tattoo of a level one spell. And the spell I picked was shield because maybe this shouldn't happen so frequently with the dying. Tattoos are expensive. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to just get it on the palm of my right hand as just the outline of a butterfly um, that can sort of pop out and act as a shield. Those skeleton hands are badass. But also, if it just said, find out on your knuckles, that would have been fucking badass. Too. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. I don't think that Ava's self... I think Skeleton I think Ava's wins. self-aware enough to know that she's coined a catchphrase. I think yeah. she just, uh, she just wants to be like as metal as possible. She doesn't, she doesn't know that these outsider gods playing her have come up with the catchphrase for her. I have to assume getting anatomically accurate skeleton tattooed on your hands probably sucks ass because it's like just all bones on the bony parts which is the worst but i think the pain is probably very grounding for ava who has a lot of rage after this past mission you can have the negative space be the bones and then you're only tattooing the parts that where your bones aren't as well that's true although i think ava's hands are super ripped so like there's not like (laughs) it's not like you know i get a tattoo i'm like we'll do it on like a nice fleshy part but like ava's like 0.1 percent body fat <laughs> I think uh, Whiskey wants to tag along with Ava because oh, yeah. Whiskey's getting a tattoo too. Hers is going to be a little, a little mask. Uh, she's getting the masquerade tattoo, which uh, lets me cast disguise self, and it comes with a real neat feature called fluid ink. So as a bonus action, uh, you can shape the tattoo into any color or pattern and move it to any place on your skin. So I wish that was real. That would save me know, a lot right? of money in real life. <laughs> so that's the uh, the common magic item for whiskey. That is very cool. What about your uncommon? Uh, she's getting herself a damn spell book. Is it a special spell book? Yes. I came across the Arcane Grimoire, and that spell book also acts as my spellcasting focus. So I only have to have one thing in my hand. And it also gives a plus one to spell attack rolls and to the DC of my spells. So that's pretty good too. And now you actually have a spell book, so you can do more than Firebolt, which is which is ideal. I bet whiskey feels yes. a lot more whole right now. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Apricot is canonically very much red during this because I have, I can't unless it's like the world's seediest, grossest tattoo parlor. I have to imagine animals probably aren't like encouraged. <laughs> we should name this place. Because I feel like we might just come back here and everyone's just going to get tatted up over the series. Soren already has a tattoo. Oh, she yeah. has one that goes up her... It's it's mundane, but it's like a tree and like the roots go down her back and then the tree goes... like The branches go up around the back of her head. Hell yeah. Yeah, what is the name of this uh, tattoo parlor? And where in Waterdeep is it? It's in the dock ward. <laughs> so apricots allowed yeah, it. Yeah, the rough and tumble part of town. It's yeah. called the mischievous white unicorn. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Because the three places that I, Megan, have been tattooed in real life were called White Rabbit, Mischief, and Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's such a big sign, or a, or not a big sign, but with really little writing. It's just a picture of a white unicorn. And it just has like a kind of a smirk, and it's like, I don't know, did I? But I imagine that, like, since we're in the docks district, that it used to be a white unicorn and it doesn't look so white anymore. Like, it's super faded and, like, you're like, is that mischief on its face or has it just been, like, scratched away and, like, worn out? And It's just seen some things. Yeah. Grayish beige. (laughs) Rutger Howard. Or, like, a blood splatter on it or something. (laughs) Is there anyone that hasn't gone yet? Info. Uh, Info was so pissed about not having weapons and not having the ability to use magic for that time in jail that he went out and uh, went to a specialty warforged guy, uh, Bosco's body alteration, and he picked up a uh, arm blade lance. So it's just like 
two large like gears that are like they look like armbands on his forearm and he get they like spin and as they spin they ratchet out to form a lance and the arm blade lance actually is a little unique for a common item because it actually I believe it gives me like an extra five foot reach so I have a ten foot reach with it wow and it's a one a one d12 damage plus four for me you're like meta knight now that's what I imagine where he's like oh it's gonna be even more knighty because I'm getting a shield too nice what kind of shield the uncommon item is the sentinel shield and while holding the shield you have advantage on initiative rolls and wisdom perception checks rather so uh, I get plus two to my AC, so I'm armor class 20 now, and I have advantage on initiative and perception because I was going last, like, every time we fought. I like to picture Bosco's is actually just in a back room of the Dirty Donkey where, like, they do, like, Warforged. It's like an auto repair shop slash Warforged like workshop. Like, soup Wine. up your Warforged. A little deep yeah. gnome running around. Hit my Warforged. <laughs> They'll put spinning rims on it. Your dog. They're crow like gears. So I put a lance in your lance. <laughs> flames on the lance. Say, does it have flames or like a racing stripe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got racing stripes on it. It's exhibit back there. Exhibit is Bosco in my head cannon now. The sentinel shield just comes out like around. It just like clicks out. And when it locks into place, you see that like Borg alcove, like electricity just emanating from the middle. And that's like the magical power of it, of the eye. What did that do for your initiative? Uh, it gives me advantage on initiative and perception that's rolls. Cool. I can give one person a bonus to every initiative pretty much permanently too. So now we could give like two. I usually just give it to Ava because she's usually the one that needs to get in there and actually fight stuff. Yeah, she's got to die sooner. He can also like just half deploy it and then play Yu-Gi-Oh wherever he wants. It kind of sounds like a fidget yeah. spinner, too, which I really appreciate. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> you just walk next to the stuff. <laughs> We're just, like, walking through the streets of Waterdeep, and it's like, click, 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 Okay, so you're all able to go shopping, buy food, take some time to relax, and about three days pass before you are contacted again by the Lord's Alliance. Um, separately, you all get messages that are stating that they have another mission for you. You also get a notification that Captain Burke has recommended Soul Red to join this crew temporarily for this mission, and that Ens Ensign Whiskey, who has been appointed a temporary position in the military by Captain Burke has also been selected for this very important mission and that you were all asked to report back to the moon base at a um, specific time the next morning. Is there any last minute things you would like to do in Waterdeep before returning back to the moon base to be briefed? Or what you at least are thinking to be briefed on your next mission. Yeah. Uh, Solred, one thing that she wants to do, she has uncles who live in Baldur's Gate. And so she'll want to write just like a letter just to be like, hey, you know, like nondescript stuff. Like nothing that Captain Burke would, wouldn't want her to say in a letter that could be intercepted. But like, just like basically. Like, don't trust those fucking gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but basically just kind of like came back from mission. We're about to head out to another one. Like I'm safe, you know, or, you know, like. I'm still alive kind of thing, you know, just like a touching base kind of thing. And she'll just kind of have that set off to Baldur's Gate. Okay. Yeah. You can definitely get something delivered uh, down to Baldur's Gate. It's really only a couple days wagon ride or like a seconds on the spaceship, I guess. But they don't do that anymore. Now they just go straight from the moon. They don't deliver mail by spaceships. I think Ava would also want to try and send word back to the monastery just that she's going off on another mission. Like... She doesn't need their permission because it's just sort of a, like, indefinite, like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a posting to this position of, like, security officer on these Lords Armada missions, but just to sort of let them know that she's 
going on a new one and where she's going and what she's hoping to find in terms of, you know, anthropological information, I guess. Is this one of those temples that where you like have to send them like a percentage of your pay in exchange for no, them they're training you all like those years or something like that? Like, I'm picturing like the anarchist society and the dispossessed where they just like don't believe in posi- like money or possessions at all. That checks out. You just bought tattoos. So, yeah. Put it on your body and let it die with you or not. Leave a tattooed corpse. Yeah. <laughs> also during this time, Whiskey. You actually were separately contacted, not only by the Lord's Armada, when they said that Captain Burke assigned you to this mission, but also by Erky Timbers. And Erky asked you if you'd be interested in being a secret operative for the Harpers, much like Soul Red and Captain Burke and himself. How would you have responded to this request? I mean... Sure, why not? <laughs> I feel like whiskey says yes to n- fucking anything. It does not matter. I mean, do I have to wear a uniform for that one? Two uniforms. You know that you wouldn't need a specific, because the Harpers are like, they're secretive in that the government knows they exist, but like no one knows the individual members, and they know that they're like a force for good, but they're also not like officially sponsored by the government, and it's it's... They're good guys. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. That, that be. I mean, the Harpers are all about like learning shit, right? And I'm all about learning shit, so works for me. Awesome, and that would that would have just happened sometime over the last three days when you were all gallivanting around the largest city in the entire planet. Um, but you are all now going back up to the Lord's Armada military building in the Castle Ward, and. After jumping through a couple hoops, um, you're able to make it back into the teleporter room and teleport back to the moon base to be briefed. What What's their policy on uh, animals? Are they cool with animals? I mean, we've got that apricot, right? So they're, they're cool with that? It does seem like they've never stopped Ava, even when she's had apricot on her shoulder. Then again, it's a familiar, so it might not have even registered. Isn't it like ethereal, or is apricot a real ferret apricot was a real ferret when we went into space and now she's ethereal it was never clear to me whether i was allowed to bring her or whether ava was just too scary looking that no one questioned it (laughs) but but she did go so ava's got a fucking coffee pot that follows follows them around (laughs) say what so then my familiar's not a problem right what is your familiar (laughs) a lizard about yay big (laughs) Yeah, no one seems to mind your lizard. <laughs> and it's that small in comparison to yeah, little no man. Yeah, he's a little What's his name? He likes to curl up in my pouch. What's his name? Howard. Howard. Howard and Apricot and Rodney are going to have to fight. Soren has a mission to make another friend. Oh, I need something now. And Soul Red. Well, Soul Red's got Apricot 50-50 timeshare, apparently. Apricot doesn't discriminate between redheaded women. Like, she has a type. It's, it's all she cares about. So you all make it up to this teleporter. It blinks a couple times. And you are being teleported into space. And that is where we will end this episode of Eclipse. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to theeclipsepod.com. 
where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.